Hello, welcome back to the Rogue Retro Smackdown review. Howdy ho. It's the 14th of September 2000. The word of the day is zero tolerance. It's not a word, that's two words. <laughs> the phrase of the day is zero tolerance. Yeah, you that that's on. a phrase, that's a phrase. I feel like the day giving us, look at the adjective, play. And then <laughs> people for 20 years say, it's actually a verb, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, the phrase zero tolerance is used so many times throughout this episode of Smackdown. Like, think of the drunkest you've ever been. Yeah, you, you could definitely have made a game out of it. I was going to say, think of the drunkest you've ever been. That's how probably drunk you'd be if you took a drink every time Michael Cole or Gerald Lawler says you. I don't even think Foley, who sets up the matches, they get called zero tones, says the words himself. No, I don't believe so. But Michael Cole clearly has somebody, probably Vince or someone close to <laughs> Vince, saying, you know, like, say zero tones. You've only said it three times in the past ten minutes. You mean back in those days when he had Vince in his ear every two seconds going, say things, say more things. Start of a 20-year saga, which would cause poor Michael Cole to lose most of hearing in one ear. Yeah. Because he's been yelled at so much. But he doesn't have that now, does no, he? He no. gets to be free. <laughs> he get. He got released into the wild <laughs> to be a free and wild Michael Cole. <laughs> yes, yes, he did. Well, what I know he said is, thank to, you very much for to that. To frolic with his, with his friends McAfee and <laughs> Barrett. Rumping with his school chums. <laughs> I thought that's where you were going. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, Smackdown. Uh, again, this is the penultimate episode before I'm forgiven. There's still one more episode mm. to go, and then we are at the RC Edge Maximum Power Cola sponsored Unforgiven. The RC Edge Maximum Cola Power Maximum Power Cola. Yes, sponsored. Yeah, yeah they keep mentioning it. They mention the uh, RC Edge whenever they advertise Unforgiven. Yeah, that didn't. Ad- that is a product that didn't actually last very long. RC Edge, did it? No, no, we discussed this last yeah, week in my, my, yeah. new, my new segment where I take time to randomly say, here's the thing about this one of these random sponsors. Mm. Or particularly one that people don't know about, because I don't, I, I don't need to talk about, like, like Sega, they, they promoted at one point as one of the sponsors, like, people know about Sega, you know, fucking one of the biggest video game companies in the yeah, world, you know. One of, one of the key players in the console wars back in the day. Yeah. Unfortunately lost out, but mm-hmm. hey-ho, I, I was sad about that, I enjoyed Sega. Mm-hmm. That was, a, that was a machine I grew up on, basically. <laughs> like, there's a story about when they are going to do console, the Sega Saturn, which is an infamous, like, Was botch. that their final console? Well, no, but like, it's one of those things, like, it's an infamous botch in the video game world where I think they were trying to catch up with Nintendo, who were bringing out, like, things off, like, the PlayStation and that, and they were yeah. trying to catch up. They rushed the release date and basically said, oh, it's going to be available in retail at this date. We always were like, no, it isn't. You haven't sent us any. You haven't sent us any of it. So the retailers are having people coming in and saying, "Well, they said that the game was available. Ah, well, they haven't sent it to us, or so they didn't send it to us to say we can't sell it to you." Yeah. So yeah, people getting annoyed with it, and obviously we're probably too annoyed to think about buying it by the time it got into stores. I think so. Yeah. I think so. And apparently, some of the because they risked the launch of it. Every video game console has some what they call launch titles, which are basically video games that are, are usually already going to come anyway, but they. They yeah. tie them in with the launch. They yeah, well, oh, you can play the, this new saga and this whatever franchise you're into. Mm. And they apparently the the new chapters in these games they wanted to launch it. They kind of rushed the development of those games so they could God. have games to play. Because there's no use buying a video game console if you've got no games to play well, with. Well, well, that's that's obvious. That's yeah. rule one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then again, I don't even 
because you can also use access streaming services and apps to that on your PlayStation or Xbox. I, I rarely use, I usually, I use my PlayStation 4 more for that than playing actual games, I think. Do you know, I, I can't think the last time I played an actual game. I do know what the actual game was. Mm -hmm. I was playing my Sega Mega Drive compilation, it was Street Fighter. Nice. I was playing, yeah. Love that game. So yeah, so nowadays you can have a console with no games in it because you can do other things with it, like the, if you've got a PS4 or an Xbox One or whatever it is, you're you fancy. Can, you can watch TV. Mm -hmm. But then, back then you can you can do anything with a Sega Saturn if you had no Sega Saturn games. Well, yeah, yeah, true. I do not true. expect to give you a, like, a, a lesson on the Sega Saturn, but that's basic, my basic knowledge of it. There's people who have oh, done... Oh yeah, it was, it, was, it was most informative. There are people who have done better videos explaining on YouTube about it, so go watch one of them, like Matt McMuscles. There's a guy called Manny Muscles, there's a, a, a series called What Happened? <laughs> Where he basically explains why a video game flopped, or he usually does movies. He did an episode about WCW. God. It's like that bloody, was it a Nintendo thing they brought out and it was supposed to be 3D, but it was crap? I think so. It was like 3D goggles or something, it just yeah. came up red and hurt people's eyes. <laughs> you need somebody more in, more in tune with the uh, working to the video game world than myself. Oh, I'm not very. I'm woefully inept when it comes to the video game world. Well, I'm not much better. I, I, knew, uh, I knew the Mega Drive and the, the Super Nintendo. Mm -hmm. That was my forte. I didn't really know anything other than that past the PS1. My, my, my point was, yeah, everybody knows Sega. Everything, so every so often I'm going to... I'll come back to it later on, but we're, I'm going to occasionally try to do some research. Here's the thing about this random sponsor. We do know you tried to make a simple point, Scott, but then we also know how it often... Becomes other than that, you yeah. know. You know how we go. It goes in so many different directions. Yeah. But in terms of the films and that, it's not it's the exact same as last week, so no development there. The number one movie in the US is that The Watcher, and Scary Movie is still the number one movie in the UK. Hell yeah, man. Scary Movie rules. It'll be different by the time we get to next week and going into Unforgiven. But, well, that's the next week problem. Yeah. Also, what's funny, because this is September 14th, this came out on the Thursday. Oh, but taped on the Tuesday. The Monday, the Raw, went down on on September the 11th, 2000. Which is where yours truly would have turned four. <laughs> really? And wow. probably wasn't even watching it, but there you go. Wow. Alright. I'd have already been in like, my first gigs by then. Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I'd have been a rebellious and insane little teenager by then, <laughs> doing all kinds of nefarious things, mm. you know, drinking all kinds of nefarious things. Mm. Ah, teen life. How is that any different from your regular life now? Well, yes, I spoke to more people. So, yeah. And then you say, oh, fuck all you people. Well, yes, yes. It's just the way it went. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just thought it was a fine thing better. The role that happened for us was on my birthday. Oh, uh, cool. I found a couple of random little bits to talk about, little, maybe give more context to what happened on Raw. Well, yeah. But there's also a thing about WCW, but I think uh, that's better talked about next week because it's because the Sunday after this SmackDown will be their September pay per view fall brawl. Yeah. Which was a big thing, like big like on pay per view for them. This will be the final ever fall brawl. But I'll talk about it next week because otherwise, 
it's a bit before we get to SmackDown will be far too long. So this is the time period when WCW were basically in their death throes then. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean Russo is still an on screen character but even though the bloody he's got he's got allies kind of but he's still the bloody new blood's very much dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So also uh, literally the day after the SmackDown airs the two thousand Summer Olympics happens and I bring that up because Karen looking out for his match on Raw. I basically said he was dedicating it to all the Olympians who like myself are going for the gold of this summer's Olympics. So then I thought, so who did the US go on? I mainly went on to see how well they did in terms of in terms of like the amateur wrestling, like the freestyle wrestling yeah. thing like that, but I wanted to see how they got on overall. Who those the Olympics went from the fifteenth of September to the first of October. This went uh it was being held in Sydney, Australia in this particular period. Yeah, I remember that. And the USA actually did pretty well. I well, more than pretty well. They were at the top of the overall medal count at the end Ooh. of it. They came away with ninety three medals, thirty seven on gold, twenty four silver and thirty two bronze. Wow. Second and uh second and third on the kind of podium would be Russia and China and number four was Australia itself as the, the host nation, so mm-hmm. just out of the top three for a hosting country. UK are the top ten countries. UK was number ten, Aww. so UK didn't do as well. And I think we had a we had a not so great run of it in the next couple of weeks, which is why everyone was so sure, like, oh, we're going to host this Olympics in twenty twelve. It's going to be shit. We're going to do shit, and then everyone was surprised by the fact that a lot of UK athletes actually did very very well and won a bunch of medals. Mm. That's a big year in the Olympics, but in wrestling. Uh, amongst all their medals, the USA captured three bronze, two silver, and two gold in the wrestling category. Who got the golds? I didn't look up their names. I don't. Oh. So not Kurt Angle. I don't care about people who win like me gold and and don't. And I bet you know them did it with a broken freaking neck. Eh? I bet none of them did. No. no. So there you go. Kurt Angle wished the luck to these people who were also going for gold like himself, and at least two of them got it. Yeah. Which goes to show that they were inspired by your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle. Of course, of, of course. course. How could you not be? I know. He's just so trusting. Yes. <laughs> so trusting in this episode of SmackDown, he's oh. such an asshole. I know, what a dick. Yeah. He's not even trying to hide it anymore, I don't I think. I know, he's just being a complete asshead. The facade is just, the mask is just crumbling away and you see the true curtain. The, the mask has crumbled. Yes. It's gone and he revealed this smarmy little asshole self. <laughs> Well, let me talk to you about uh, yeah yeah <laughs> about Monday Night Raw. Well, I think they were both held in the same arena. Raw and SmackDown because it off because it keeps it on SmackDown off the second time this week. We're invading Phoenix. And yeah, the full comes out and says, "Those the crowd goes, you know, we're all the cactuses out here in Phoenix." I feel like maybe for one night I should have came out here as Commissioner Cactus Jack, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not here to suck up to the fans. If I was, I'd say, "Ah, here to see the fans." Sucking up to the great fans, right here, in Phoenix, Arizona. So you know, you suck up to the fans, but then you suck up to the yeah. fans. They talks about <coughs> Steve Austin coming back after giving, he's given the culprit, he's given the culprit, until I'm forgiven to come forward, otherwise he won't conduct his own investigation. <coughs> then fully says, I don't want any harm to come to somebody before unforgiven, I want the right just to be sought, so I... Will be in conducting my own investigation into who ran over Stone Cold. <laughs> so Sherlock Foley is on the case. He didn't say that. I called him that. I, I know. I know. <laughs> but he says that Austin has waived all criminal charges 
but there will be repercussions for the guilty party, which basically means like, explains to you why Sterling the cops never get involved. But like, yeah. like, I don't want to go to jail. I want to kick his ass myself. What? Well, <laughs> oh, but then he so yes, I want the guilty party to come down here and confess. The other gap. Then the rock music hits and everyone's a bit shocked. Like, and Jay Lawler and Gold and and Jay Lawler and Jr. Like, no, surely not. It's the Rock. Is Rock here coming to admit? I knew it, Jr. It was the Rock's final car. Who got ran over? Stone Cold. You know, who had the most game? Look at him. He's the top guy around here. He's the top. Jump him. And the Rock guy just immediately puts the bed that it wasn't him. Mm. You know, I want the. I want Steve Austin to come back and give you know what's coming to him to whoever ran him over. Because they do mention oh, it was Rock's car, but then the Rock said back at after Survivor when they had these cops going around on an episode of Raw. And if you yeah. people, he went like, oh yes, that was my car that ran over Stone Cold. But if you had done your job, you would have known that early the day I called your police department to say someone stole the keys to my rental car. So mm. so it wasn't the Rock done it, but maybe it was someone doing it for the Rock. Maybe we'll see in a couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Who would do it for the Rock? And how well it would go for them too. Mm-hmm, yeah. So the Rock comes in and goes, I'm not here to confess anything. I'm out here for one reason, payback. Particularly once payback against Kane for attacking him at the end of and he yeah. does he does call Kane the number one contender, so again, I've been saying I was saying it last week, <laughs> I'm saying it again today. I'm wearing my Kane shirt because it's one that Paul got me. Thank you very much, again, Paul, for that one. But, you know, I I stand by Kane, he's the rightful number one contender. None of this fatal four way bullshit. <laughs> this would not be a fatal ship in the rock versus Kane, to me I think unforgiven. With Taker and, and Final, well, they can do whatever the fuck they want on the undercard and their own rematch. <laughs> don't. Up the cane. <laughs> that's not a phrase, is it? No, that's not a phrase. Moon the cane. Moon the cane. Yeah, right, there you go. Hmm. Right, that's, I support cane. In 2000, not today. And then Ben comes in and goes, I wish to be, I'm on the best technical wrestler alive today. I've already. Bloody, bloody, blah. Brings up Phil, I beat you, The Rock. You know I beat you. And then Kane and here come up. Kane doesn't get a chance to anything because Taker comes out after him. Yeah. And he's like, since everyone's talking about title shots, let's not forget about the old dead man. <laughs> and then Foley's like, hold oh, no, on. No. And then it starts a big brawl. And then Kane accidentally whacks Foley with a elbow and sends Foley tumbling at the ring. Mm. Big old fight to start her off. Foley then backstage after commercial saying, I will make a decision regarding the number one contendership later on tonight. But as for later on, We'll have a tag team match, The Rock and The Undertaker, just as Kane and Benoit. <laughs> and then Benoit uh, tries to get through to Kane, talking slowly so Kane can understand him. Say, Kane, yeah, we need to work as a team. You know, teamwork. I don't know why you're so untrusted. Maybe it's because you didn't get enough attention as a kid. Maybe you were picked last for kickball. I don't <laughs> But hey, we need to work as a team. And Kane just grabs him. I was never picked last. <laughs> What? I was never picked last. And alright, then that's the important bit of this segment. Mm. To be fair, if he was anywhere as big as he is now when he was a kid, you'd want him on your team, even though, like, he's a weird. I know his face looks weird, but he can fucking kick. Look at him. The size of him. Yeah, then he had the Rock and Undertaker kick in front of each other. Rock tries to see if he can trust Undertaker and Taker just invites him not to piss him off. Mm. Which weirdly was also Jeff Jarrett's catchphrase, so. Undertaker mm. decided to take Jeff Jarrett here. Don't piss me off. <laughs> Just waiting for Undertaker to start using phrases like slap nuts, which, is a, which was a catchphrase that Jeff Jarrett used. As long as you don't see him, they'll be Jeff Jarrett's shuffle, you know. 
But I would love to see Andrea Ryan doing a motorcycle with a wee guitar on his back so he can start swinging <laughs> guitars at people. No lead pipe, just a little guitar. Yeah, just a wee guitar. <laughs> yeah, so we have the tag team out. Just follow his own commentary. He said he's going to go up close and personally see the match. He's made it a no DQ match as well. Uh, Rock gets isolated and then for some reason Kane, I swear, breaks up a crossface while Ben was going on even though they're on the same team. So the same Kane wants to get the win himself. Yeah. Undertaker, uh, Benoit and Kane get the win because Benoit goes for the... Benoit's going to be hit with the last ride. And Kane comes in, boots him to the face, Benoit flips over and rolls up the Undertaker. Mm. But then the guys all start fighting afterwards anyway. So fully on commentary says it's going to be a fatal four-way unforgiven. And the Rock it fades to black as the Rock gets a rock bomb on everyone. Kane gets choked slammed by the Undertaker. The air is mid sense like, oh god, fuck on <laughs> Like yeah. the idea is like so heavy, even right up to the final bit, all this stuff going on. <laughs> also I want to talk about Angle and uh, and Jericho. Not Angle and Jericho uh, Jericho's gonna factor in a second, but Angle yeah. and Triple H. Where uh, Angle goes up to Rick Flair and his wee makeshift office, which we later find out at the end of the segment he's on some sort of pulley thing and <laughs> guy and a guy drives him away. Yeah. Like, hey, let's go. Uh, have a nice day. <laughs> they go to Angle's like, I hope you're alright after that happening uh, there with Kane. Well, that Kurt, I, I appreciate your insincerity. <laughs> and he's like, it isn't fair, you know, i got to wrestle TNA tonight. Triple H is even wrestling. goes like, alright, I'll find a suitable opponent for Triple H. And Triple H is in his dressing room getting ready for his match. He says, what is the deal with Angle? You know, first he copies me by taking on, trying to take on TNA tonight. Now he's going to Foley saying how I should be wrestling. And Foley, he's trying to take it to me. He's trying, he's not telling me who my opponent is. <laughs> and once again, he tells Stephanie, stay back here. To which makes me think he said this so often. I'm like, Stephanie, why do you even bother coming? Yeah. You come along just to sit backstage. And you never listen to him. You always end up... In the going, ring. Aye. Yeah, it turns out to be Chris Jericho. And Jericho's like, you know, I don't know. I know you're all set. You know, we got Chris, Stephanie, just a Kurt Angle. Angle kissing Stephanie, Angle kissing Triple H. I don't care. As far as I'm concerned, you can all kiss my ass. <laughs> so it's a bit of a brawl between these two. Stephanie does come down. Angle tries to tell her, no, she, she, she should stay away, but Triple H stops them from sending Stephanie away. Yeah. But then all of a sudden, x pot just runs in and decides to batter Jericho. Yeah. Gets Triple H DQ'd, and Triple H and x pot have to get into a seven match. Especially... <laughs> I hate it so much for bloody Xbox and Triple H just starting to move into this almost face like tweener thing. As soon as Triple H shoves the Xbox, it's one of the biggest reactions yeah. in the crowd, and they're like, hey, into that wee dick Xbox. <laughs> you know. Uh, but Angle does fight TNA, uh, does a wee speech about you know, supporting all the Olympic athletes. There's a bit where Triple H is backstage watching Angle get beaten up by TNA, he's just laughing like this. <laughs> look, at, look at him, man. And then at one point he's so focused on the match he turns around when he cuts back to him again and he doesn't notice that Stephanie's not there. And she again has went down to ringside to see like she stops tries to stop Trish Travis from getting involved in the match. Yeah. Then TNA grabs if they pull her into the ring, Triple H has to save her. And then Angle and Triple H start fighting each other. Uh, they knock down referees, elbows Triple H actually elbows Stephanie, and then Angle knocks Triple H back and he accidentally lands on Stephanie again. Yeah. Like he's fucking dropping an elbow on her. And then they're fighting some more. Stephanie rolls out, rolls down the apron. Angle gets sent to her, sends her flying off the apron. <laughs> so fucking Stephanie is having a hell of a time of it. Yeah. Triple H eventually gets a better angle, goes down to the side to 
He's like, oh, Steph, I'm so sorry, I'm so... He goes to pick her up, get her, and then Angle just turns to a place where he's on the ramp, just punches him <laughs> while he's holding Stephanie. And this makes Triple H angry, he confronts Foley, like, you're right, this whole thing is out of control. You know what? You and Angle, you're going to have your match, and I'm forgiven. Just make sure this thing is ended. I'm going to be the special guest referee. <laughs> Mick Foley's made himself the referee for the match, Unforgiven. That's Mick for you. You should mention Jericho did get his own back away against Xbox by costing him the hardcore title against the Blackman later on. Yeah. Yeah. Which was cool. You had the usual, your trash cans, your fire extinguishers. Xbox grabs on a bit of the Titantron, swings a, a boot into Blackman's face, kicking a pin into his face. And then it, then Jericho hits him with a kendo stick to help Blackman retain. But then it's quite a bloody bit where he cuts it. Oh, this is happening during the commercial break. It's Jericho with a fan. Xbox goes up and does bar him with nunchucks. Yeah. So like this feud with with him and Jericho has just come completely out of nowhere. Yeah, like I said somewhere in there we're going to the video descriptions for the the show because they were they were an opposite ends of a tag. I said, oh, the rivalry between Jericho and Xbox ramps up as the team with so and so and so and so. Like, what rivalry? They had a match last week. Xbox needed to win. Then he attacked Jericho for no reason. Jericho got his own back. Xbox was sort of out it and tried it out with some nunchucks. Yeah, well, I am a lot back than that, especially in that era. Mm. You know, feuds just, oh look, we're fighting. Yeah. Like, it's one thing if, if Xbox lost to Jericho, but like, he beat him, and then he, then he said he'd beat him up again. Yeah. yeah. I think he just goes to show that, oh, that's Xbox character, this is why people don't like him. He's just a dick. Yeah, he's just a dick. Mm-hmm. He was good at being a dick. Oh, yeah. No, not a dick anymore, supposedly in real life. He's a very lovely guy. But Apparently so, yeah. But he's a bit of a dick here. Well, something uh, I should mention, because we, we don't get to see him on uh, on SmackDown, Al Snow was very irritating on Raw, because he started his... He's taken D'Lo Brown's whole thing of being built from a different country in Europe as a European champion and taking it a step further. He's yeah. Al Snowed it. Yeah. Where he's dressing up as people from different countries and coming up to that country... A country that country's version of his song, so he was representing <laughs> Germany. So he came out and in German he was saying, What's the fan for? Like, it was the German version of his song, like, So in German, what does everybody want? <laughs> and was translating what head is in German up on the Titan Tron the fly. He comes out in later hosing with with these sausages around his neck, which he ends up throwing in the crowd. And he always, he would always carry a framed photo to represent the country he was in. He came, he came out with a framed photo of David Hasselhoff. <laughs> Who this guy explains is very popular both in acting and in music, especially in Germany. Because weirdly, when that when he started you know, releasing music in his albums, and that Austria and Germany were you know countries that yeah they loved them. Over one million seven hundred fifty thousand copies supposedly, uh, he sold in Germany like more than most other like Jeez. more well known artists. I don't know where. Like he was already like because reruns of like stuff like Baywatch and Nightwriter were so frequent in Germany, people knew who Hasselhoff was, and then there was obviously that performance he had just as the Berlin Wall had been yeah he he taken on he did he then he's performing like, using the what remained of the wall as his stage. I think he's over he's in years since tried to overplay his and his importance to helping the wall come down. Everything like no, you went after the wall came down to get. <laughs> but he's apparently very he was in Germany. There's even they even took the piss out of this and that show How I Met Your Mother where. They've got a big group of people together, and including a random German family that have joined them, and they're just using them to settle arguments. But who here thinks David Hasselhoff is awesome? And just the Germans raise their hand and goes, huh, I guess it is true. 
<laughs> yeah, so he's he was defending his European tail against Taz. Taz threw all over the country to escort Nick King and then locked in the Taz mission, but the referee had been knocked down. So his character Lola grabs that frame 42 and, also, and smashes it off the back of Taz's <laughs> head. And then Arsenal gets the win. And Taz basically said, I give up. Well, I can't compete with your political power around here in the WWE. The one main crime spree is over. Taz was just another victim of the WWE. <laughs> and we're rather wondering, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah. And then we'll get that answered on Raw. Uh, oh, I'll explain some of the other bits as we get to them, how they were really spread them. But those are the main bits. And I wanted to mention Alston because it was funny. He came out dressed as a German person. Yeah. And then he starts going out there where I think we really think, oh, because he's mental. He starts coming out with people dressed from countries that aren't technically a part of Europe or <laughs> is completely different continents. So I look forward to seeing how that goes down. But yeah, that's the main bit. The main event has been made official for for Unforgiven. Yep. So and we've got the angle match finally confirmed. I think we could we could figure that was gonna happen after the fallout of SummerSlam. Yeah. So yeah, Big Foley comes out to the ring doing his seat pop as he does, they know the fans, RBC McFoley, you know, when Vince McMahon left some months ago to become a genetic jackhammer, <laughs> he, he he gave me, the McMahon made me the WF commissioner, he gave me a certain amount of power. And I thought that power meant I didn't have to answer to anybody. But I was wrong. I do answer to somebody, and that is the WWF fans. <laughs> the WF fans, right here, in Phoenix, Arizona. <laughs> Ah, oh, and all that. Ah, oh, the cheap path again. He <laughs> uh, says, "Like I made that match a foot of war because I didn't. I knew if I made one a one-on-one match against all you guys who didn't get in the match, they'd try and interfere. You deserve a main event, a clear-cut main event. So we'll let all four of them fight it out at yeah. Unforgiven for the title. But I'm worried about how even if the Rock's gonna make it to Unforgiven, which then brings the Rock out. Yeah, like Foley. You think the Rock is a marked man?" You think The Rock's got a target back? Well, you're right. You think that The Rock is not going to make it done for good? Well, The Rock wipes the lobster's testicle <laughs> with what you think. <laughs> to which Foley's wanted, Rock, lobsters don't have testicles. <laughs> I know, I've, ch- I've checked. <laughs> which makes you think, wait, how are you spending your evenings, fully? Yeah. He's just Santa Claus, uh, as far as I can remember. I don't know how what it has to do with checking lobster's testicles. Nothing, he's just a Santa Claus. Santa Claus, you're, like, you're just a Santa Claus and likes to check lobsters if they have testicles. Can't think of a rebuttal to that one. I don't think there is one. And then fully tell you, know, I, I'm concerned, Rot. Look at this fake from Rot. Because I should mention. I laid all that stuff about the opening and stuff about the investigation of Steve Austin. Mm. Oh, which I think I ain't going that segment way fully. I think I'm pretty sure it was in that bit where he said, Oh, that's Tonkle the other. I want you to know, I had nothing to do with his untimely demise. <laughs> like, he didn't die. <laughs> like, demise implies that someone's been killed. Like, I had nothing to do with an untimely demise. That's our series. But. So all that stuff about having done an investigation, the build to the Fatal Four, which we made later on, and that is recap. They said, "No, let's not give you one big recap packet. It's our let's let's break it up into little little mini recaps." Yeah. People say, if someone comes, someone comes out, look at this bit of footage. Somebody else comes out, look at this other bit of footage. 
Mm. The, the people in, in theatre are getting sore next time they look at the ring and then look up at the screen like, I could have just watched fucking Raw. Yes, <laughs> you know, watch this on fucking telly. Yeah. So he's like, I'm concerned about the Undertaker about his intentions. You know, I look, he shows in the footage about the interaction between Rock and Taker before the tag match. He's like, mm. I see a look in his eye. I've always seen before he threw me off the hell in a cell, which then brings out the Undertaker. Can't be off driving his bike out to. He only gets the bike once that's show. So yeah, Undertaker slowly walks to the ring. <laughs> you know, just because me and the Rock don't like each other. Doesn't mean I'm gonna attack him from behind. You don't have to worry about me. I just care about being the WWF champion, which then brings it Chris Benoit. He's like, oh, Earl The Rock, nobody cares about what your plan is to get to Unforgiven, because I bet it sucks. <laughs> Let me show you my own bit of footage. And it's him putting in the Undertaker. It's like in the fact that it was basically thanks to a cane assist. Yeah. He's like, you know, Taker, you talk about how you much you deserve a title shot. Well, I pinned you on Raw. So, I am the one who deserves a title more than you, and all I get is a crappy fail four-way. I'm going to prove what I'm forgiven. I'm the best wrestler in the WWE. Prove me wrong, Undertaker. <laughs> and then it comes Kane. Like, Benoit, I don't need to prove you wrong. No more voice box. No. <laughs> Alex Olvichello brings up, like, why did Kane become so chatty all of a sudden? I want to meet his voice coach. <laughs> I'm not here to prove you wrong. I'm here... To prove everyone who called me a freak and a monster that they were right. Yeah. And I'm wondering how long this impression of Kane is going to be able to go on for before it gets old. Mmm. Because I really, because it's amazing how much just putting your hand in front of your face really. Well, that's just two thousands, right? So yeah. now three years, give or take. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, how, how long is my impression of Kane going to? Oh. Am right. I going to be able to do his impression again? Because. Really, the mask is really pressed up against his face. And then just, if you just be here, it's amazing how accurate it is to how he talks at this period of time. So then he comes down the ring, it looks like things are going to kick off. Then out comes Kurt Angle. <laughs> You're like, you know, we should not be talking about, about Steve Austin, which I had nothing to do with. We should not, because every time wrestlers go A, fully, every so often they have to mention, oh, Steve Austin, which we had nothing to do with. So it's really so try to cover himself like, Austin, please don't beat us up. He's like, so, but we should be concerned about the safety and well-being of one Stephanie McMahon Helmsley. Boo! <laughs> like, look at what happened. You're on Raw, like, the irresponsible husband of her's Triple H, you know, putting her in harm's way, which was um, accidentally happened to Stephanie. Yeah. And then Triple H comes out, he's going right after, after the angle. And... I fully have to like hold With them fully back. holding them uh, by uh, on. Oh, hold on, hold on. Don't go for him now. Leave him, he's no worth it. He's no worth it, man. He's trying to pump my belt. Leave him, man. Yeah, leave, leave him, him, man. He's no worth it. <laughs> you're like, you know what? I've had enough. Tonight, you're going to get all tear each other apart and forgive him as much as you want to. But tonight, you're going to learn that you have to work together. I'm bringing you all in tag team matches. And right away, Triple H is look at these faces like, what? Tonight, we're going to have Benoit and Kane against the Acolytes and an Acolytes rules match. match. Which means that well, there are no means there are no rules. But we're going to have Angle and Triple H against TNA <laughs> and The Rock. And they're here. You will take on the Dudley Boys in a tag we team tables match. There was a period of time before you were on here where, like, after WrestleMania, between them and not, we're in a bit King of the Ring, 
where it seemed like, even though actually for a couple weeks before me, where it seemed like every other episode of SmackDown, the Dullies were booked in some sort of tables match. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was either a tag team or a handicap tables match. It was either, for a couple months they were heels, there was a case of, ah, we'll use you to put against The Rock or Jericho or someone we don't like, put them through a table. Yeah. But then they became faces and went against, like, Xbox and Road Dog and everything. So then they're like, we're going to punish you by putting you in your kind of match <laughs> for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. That was just the Dudleys for you all. Mm-hmm. So, Ellie, and if any of you cannot get along, if you physically attack your partner, you'll be out of your matches. I don't forgive it. Yeah. And then, like I said, later on, we get called Zero Tolerance, but two Zero Tolerance matches, which Ellie likes, and Clovers and the Heads, likes it, because they keep making them say it again and again and again. Yeah. Uh, also, I think it's weird, like, The Rock's got the least to lose here, because, like, The Rock gets involved, attacks The Undertaker, oh, The Rock said the match Unforgiven. But that, that just means he's not in the four. It doesn't mean he's not the champion. So, like, it'll just be a random triple threat. It doesn't... If Floyd didn't say anything about stripping The Rock for the title, so yeah. Rock gets to have that night off and still be WF champion. So, if The Rock wanted to do it, he could have just smacked The Undertaker if he wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> then, at least, have a brawl between the 304 competitors. Undertaker goes to Lee and realises, ah, I should probably help him because we're teaming later on. So, yeah. he's like, oh, I'll stop you from being beaten up 201. I'll chase like Benoit away. But he doesn't save him from Kane getting no. like, well, well, it's one on one now. I don't, it's not my fault you got choke slammed. I usually take a pretty vicious sort of choke slam. Yeah. So we randomly get a clip from Eddie Guerrero to set his cards earlier in the day, but he doesn't show where he is. Yeah, he's just kind of sitting and he's like, like convertible yeah. shades on, looking all Eddie. Mm-hmm. Kind of foreshadowing Ellie's brand split SmackDown when he, when the lowrider would become part of his character and everything yeah. coming out of the different cars every week. Yeah. So he got then. Who, who was in charge of the running order for this fucking SmackDown, I must ask? I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. Because Kane and Benoit were in this opening segment, and then they went up the went up the, state of the ramp, then had to come back out and do their full entrances again yeah. to do the Acolytes rules match. Like, could we have not flipped this around with something else and have them come out later? Or just have Kane and Benoit stay in the ring? Like, yeah. Kane stood tall at the end of that last bit, so will have him stay out there and have Benoit out there. And then have the acolytes come out. But there's many ways they could have more sensibly done it, but they chose to go with the way they went with. Also, when I talk about acolytes rules, that is not a thing. Like this has not been made especially match. They just now, so by the way, it's an acolytes rules match. No, it's it's just a hardcore match. They're saying acolyte rules because you know acolytes. Yeah, the acolytes had a specialist match. Sure. Yeah. The Acolytes had a specialist match, it was more so the barroom brawl, which we've seen them do. Which was a kill, that was kind of rubbish. Yeah, but like, that's more their special than like, oh, it's Acolytes rules. What does that mean? There are no rules. Just hit them. But then you need a pen and submit your opponent, so technically that is a rule. There are yeah. no rules, except one rule. It's the Spanish Inquisition of match <laughs> stipulations. God. The one rule, there no, one there are no rules, there's one rule, and pinfall, and two rules, no rules, and you must win my, three rules, you must win my pinfall, submission, and also there are no rules. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Kane and Benoit, Benoit gets attacked by the AP right as, right before Kane can even get down, Kane makes his way finally down, brawls with Bradshaw for a little bit. Yeah. He does manage to save, he does save Benoit from getting pinned, and Benoit repays him by fucking off. Decided, no, I didn't attack you physically, but it doesn't mean I can't walk off now. So, to keep the Monty Python's rest is going, he bravely walked away, away. Oh. 
when the AP revealed directly ahead, he turned his heels <laughs> and bravely fled. He did indeed. But then Kane actually manages to do pretty well for a little bit on his own too. For on a little one. bit. Yeah, as I say, he walks at one point, bloody Bradshaw jumping off the middle rope with a bloody shoulder tackle. Yeah. But then he goes to set up for a choke slam, runs, uh, that's what you call him, runs him, uh, instinctively there, but yeah, Farouk. Yeah. Farouk attacks Kane, breaking up the choke slam, which strikes Kane long enough for Bradshaw to bounce off the ropes, fucking clothesline from hell. Yeah, hellacious looking one. <laughs> and Kane gets pinned. Double pinned as well. Yeah, they both stuck up on top of Kane, which I thought, I remember going just like, oh, we've got three proper tag teams against a bunch of guys who are having matches, or usually singles wrestlers who are having matches at the pay you. I thought, oh, all these tag teams are going to get chewed out again. You're really fucking over the tag division on this matter. And then they're like, oh, no. They actually proved that the tag team wrestlers, because the singles wrestlers couldn't get along, the tag team wrestlers more than not came out on top on this one. Yeah. Which is, when you think about it, it's the way it should be, but WWE and later years would have a weird fascination of like, you don't like each other, but now you're a tag team. Oh, look, you're tag team champions now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Keane got pinned because Benoit is a dick and walked away. <laughs> I was wondering, well, doesn't that put him in hot water for not helping his partner? Well, I think it just means you can't, like, attack each other. Like, basically, like, don't attack each other, but it also means you don't have to necessarily help them from being beat up. Mm. You know, there's a loophole here and everyone's exploiting it. Ah. Triple H, Specs AGL, and the Mick Foley for being there. You know I can't team with Kurt Angle. I'm going to tear that guy apart. You don't can't put me in a tag. I said, well, you're going to have to work with Kurt Angle. I know you want to tear him apart. You know, I know that maybe I played some part in helping in this whole situation, which, yeah, he did. Because he was the one kind of stirring the shit and was like, oh, it was really a shame when he, when he did that thing with Stephanie. Let's look at a clip of it right now. So he's, he's helped stir these issues. So now he basically got fully out of his own guilt. Decided he wants to be the referee to make sure these two finish it. Yeah. Anyway, that's what you're going to have to do it. Otherwise, you get no match. I'm unforgiven. <laughs> but then, as I'm on here, I think people quite few people know of this one. This is a really notable moment of this episode of SmackDown. Eddie Guerrero, earlier in the day, is at the Playboy Mansion. We're not quite sure why at first. Yeah. Oh, but it gives them a chance to heavily promote the shit out of China being in Playboy. Yeah. Because uh, on SmackDown, because uh, on Raw, you had Eddie on his knees basically apologising to, to China. I'm sorry. Like, like you got to control your temper. Right? I know, I know. <laughs> and like, I beg you for getting to know, like, ah, no, I want you, I love you more than I want a partner in the ring. I want you as my partner in life. <laughs> like, God, who was writing this? And then and she fight, like, get, manages to get, convince her enough to forgive him. And like, come on, let's go. We're going to go dance and we're going to beat some people up. we got a tag team mess tonight. Like, oh, who we fight? Too cool. Come on, let's go beat up too cool. Like, yeah, but they're our friends. they eh? like, oh, you know, why? Well, it's not about winning, you know. Either way, we'll be, we'll have a good time afterwards. So the other match against Too Cool, which Eddie seems reluctant to tag China into, mm. was a fight where I think Grandmaster goes to pick him up for a slam and Eddie's feet accidentally knocked China off the apron. Scotty hits the worm on Eddie. Then China kind of reluctantly, you know, she should be annoyed if she got another day, and comes in and attacks Scotty, throws him in the outside. Yeah. Grandmaster's ex actually pins Eddie after the hip hop drop. Yeah. And like, oh, is Eddie going to be a man? He's worried, oh, yeah, look, he's dancing with everybody. So then when everyone's not looking, everyone's focused on the dance, Eddie slips out of the ring. Back in. Smacks them with the Yerkon LT, which yeah. you see later on when Tukula wrestling the fucking 
I would say to go like, I'll cut him fucked up his eardrum when Neri attacked him. Yeah. And assuming a kayfu thing, I'd hope, I'd hope it wasn't a real thing. Yeah, I'd hope so, but you never know. And then, uh, Rikishi comes out and makes the save, uh, and China reluctantly again saves Eddie from getting stink faced by the hands of Rikishi. Yeah. And then they, and then she's yelling, I'm like, you said you were going to control him. I was controlling my. T-. Then he starts to deflect and try to plan. Oh, look how good. If I told you how good look you look today, yeah, about 10 times, Eddie. <laughs> oh, you know, you should be in pictures early. Well, I am. I'm, I'm going to be in Playboy. Oh, yeah, you got to do a little interview in Playboy. You on the cover? That's cool. Like, no, I'm okay. Pictures of me in Playboy. Like, not new pictures. Well, <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. And literally, you can, every time oh, she mentions Playboy, you play, I know pictures. The crowd are fucking cheering. And, <laughs> like, and he starts being like, no, no, no. That's not happening. No one's going to see my mama's here. Naked. No, I don't. Stop the presses. I don't know if I have to go talk to you ever myself. And then they keep mentioning it. Like, I can't, you know, can't let it go. I still can't believe China's going to be a playboy. Oh, that's issues coming out on September 25th. <laughs> we have to just happen to have the exact date, which is this Monday after Unforgiven. Yeah. But yes, this is a big deal. Because like before this, they had Sable do playboy. Then they had China. Then they'd have this long-running relationship with well up into the late 2000s. Yeah. I think the last one they had going to Playboy was in, like, remember, 2008. I think Maria made it. I think Maria Canellis actually did it. Oh. And remember, 2008. And then, well, ironically, given that was the you did PG, they so, they ironically did, well, then they went PG later that year, so conveniently they stopped doing it. Coincidence? What year? 2008. Oh. So, remember the same year they went PG, they stopped doing the Playboy thing, so... I assume there's a connection there. But, I mean, I've heard Sunny in interviews, you know, before she went totally off the rails, saying that basically, like, you know, Sable brags about being the first woman in the Dive and Playboy. They only asked you because I told them no. Yeah. Well, of course, that's at least according to Sunny. But yeah, Eddie went mental about the idea of China being in Playboy. So yeah, Eddie goes to the Playboy mansion, pulls yeah. up in his car, and he's like, and there's a security guard there. He's like, Oh, I'm here to talk to the big man. I'm here to talk to the boss. Yeah. So I'm going to ask Daddy Lee, like, come on, I need... Yeah, he starts demanding. He's like, God damn it, I need to get in to see you. Yeah. I need to see him. You need to get him here. You need to call him. Whatever, man. Also, the guy is not familiar with the sketch line that Eddie uses, you know. I'm not, no one's going to see my mommy naked, man. Oh, sir, I don't know how old your mother is, but I'm sure... <laughs> no, no, kid. not my mother, my mommy, my mamacita. <laughs> like, I'm sure, I don't know how old she is, sir, your mama is, sir, <laughs> but I, I'm sure that yeah, he was not interested in putting her pictures in the magazine. Like, no, yeah, and now like, you say he does that. He's like, like, not my mom, not my mother, my mommy, my mamacita. Now you go, give me a drink, go call her, I need to talk to him right now. <laughs> you know, you're talking to him, man, you know, I'm the WWF Intercontinental Champion. And then you mentioned China, like the guy doesn't know who Eddie is, but he knows who China yeah, is. China? The ninth wonder of the world, China. <laughs> like, yeah, then I'm Mama Cita, like, no one's gonna see her naked. Like, sir, you're gonna have to leave. <laughs> and then he's still like, like, is there a problem here? Like, oh, I've said there's a problem, you got a problem, you want <laughs> He starts trying to get up, and then he starts acting all like, oh, please, man, I gotta talk to him. <laughs> And then he goes, they tell me to leave again, he goes to leave, and then tries to. Run in and, and get his car and lifted. Barge past these two much bigger security guards. Yeah. You knew it wasn't going to work out well for him. Yeah, it's basically the door slammed to his face. Uh, this isn't over. I got to September 25th. <laughs> uh, no one's going to see those pictures. I think they only threw lines like that and because he keeps saying it because I only got to a few weeks. I only got to September 25th. Basically just to remind you, this is when the magazine's coming out. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
But uh, then China is crying uh, in the arena, and she's like, I can't believe she starts throwing all her stuff in her bag and everything. Yeah. Because Condor said she was meant to join them out there in the arena, but she's so upset she's ready to leave. And then, bloody inappropriate Kevin Kelly. I know, right as she's coming out the door all crying, he's all oh, China, China. What do you think about Eddie done today? Did it make you go and cry? What do you think about it? How did it make you feel? Did it make you feel like crying more? Hmm. like this. This means the end of your relationship with Eddie Guerrero. She's like, she looks like, can't believe. Why are you asking me that? She's like, what is your problem? I think of a moment from playing John Candy Lane from playing Trading Automobiles. What is your problem? You insensitive asshole. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm guilty. I know I'm probably listening to guilty admission. Yeah. I've never seen that film. You should. Yeah. It's weird, it's weird that it's like it's going to sit in like Thanksgiving period, right? But obviously Thanksgiving is so close to the Christmas. So there's always like Christmas decorations kind of around yeah, and everything. Yeah. And I keep calling it all the holidays and everything. So I feel like sometimes I do watch that around Christmas sometimes, but like that would feel weird. Like it's a film you can watch Christmas, but also you don't need to watch. But it feels somewhat Christmassy because obviously, as a British person, we don't watch, we don't celebrate Thanksgiving. Well, Amer- America has, I think, what is known as the holiday season, you yeah. know, and they have their, they have their Thanksgiving, mm. which is a little bit before the Christmas. So I mean, at times some of them have two turkey dinners. You know what I mean? That's the thing about Black Friday. Like Thanksgiving is usually a Thursday, and then the Black Friday is the following day. And then we've taken that basically as a day where we can just get some stuff for much cheaper. Yeah, yeah. But right, that's all Thanksgiving is really. It's an, a, a chance to practice for the big dinner you're going to eat a month later. Christmas. Aye, it's a practice turkey dinner. Sitting down with people you don't like to eat a bunch of food. The practice sitting down with again with those people. But this time you have to give them gifts, and they give you back shitter gifts in return. Not all the time. Sometimes they give you back gifts of a similar quality. Hmm. Sometimes. Sometimes. Well, once closest to you do those who you only see at Christmas. Like, like for example, me, my my mother, and that got me a fire stick. Yeah, it is awesome. No, I'm saying I'm not meaning I mean the ones who you see all the time or like are closest to you. The ones who you mainly see because it's because you like. Well, they're probably getting me something, so I have to get them something. Um, um, there you go, Scott. You can have some chewing gum. I didn't ask for the chewing gum, but thank you. There you go. You can have a piece. You can hold on to that for now. Only a piece. Yeah. <laughs> Well, happy holidays to me. <laughs> yeah. Then we have a, a group that will actually feud with China a little bit later on in the year over this whole Playboy thing. Yeah. Okay, plays into it. But, uh, yeah. Oh. Well, it's like we've got this angle with two people are in somewhat of an abusive relationship, and now one of them's going to be in nude pictures for a very well-known adult magazine we're promoting on this show, which, yeah. is, which is promoted as a show for all ages. Again, why, all, right? why don't the PTC like us again? <laughs> And I'm unrelated, not to the PGC. RTC are coming out to the right now <laughs> with their brand with new, new member. member. yes. And the member. Valvina so clearly doesn't feel comfortable in black trousers. They come out dressed in all white, big white trousers. Yeah, it looks like he's going to a golf tournament. I thought he looked more like a milkman, if I'm honest. <laughs> Which makes me wonder, like, I want to see an uh, American version of, like, the Father Ted episode with Pat Muster, but Pat Muster is played by Val Venus. Mm. And his old porn star voice, you know. <laughs> Come up, show me out with the Hello, ladies. That'd be pretty cool. Well, Venus, there's a lot of hairy babies out here, and I think you are the hairy <laughs> baby. <laughs> it's a hell of an accusation, Stephen Richards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, obviously, we haven't seen Val in a week since he got abducted. <laughs> I haven't seen him in a week. 
Mm-hmm. Wow. I know, it's a long time in the 2000s for someone to be off TV. <laughs> but yeah, he's been off being brainwashed. I, I just imagine he uh, just had some sort of clockwork orange style thing of holding Val's eyes open and showing mm. him, like, inappropriate, appropriate, <laughs> inappropriate. So, and then Val showed up in his regular gear on Rod during a time. I think it was against the Acolytes, uh, against Black yeah. uh, Bill Buchanan and Goodfather. And it looked like, oh, he's going to hate you want to interfere on behalf of yeah, guys, to get back at RTC, but no, he ends up distracting the referee. I think accidentally it helps RTC get the win, and afterwards he properly, like an unprotected, smacks Bradshaw right across the fucking top of the heat mm. with his chair shot, beating him up, and then it's basically confirms that he's in the RTC now. And now here he comes out there with you know Richards. And one thing that Michael Cole mentions is like it's pretty scary that he can get someone like Val Venus to join his cause. Mm. He, which is what they should be doing, the scare, kind of weird, creepy nature of Stephen Richards, you know, that he, he's got, he can get all these guys around to his way of thinking. Mm. So he's especially the, the former pimp, the former porn star and everything. And But, you know, the rest of the time, they're like, oh, look at this ghost, Stephen Richards. And they keep making, calling him old white socks because he's wearing white socks with black shoes. Like, mm. like that's the most offensive thing about him. <laughs> like, look at him, white socks, this self-righteous <laughs> asshole. <laughs> <laughs> the, the top back in the day, the top of things that triple that, that right at the top of the list of things back in the day that JR didn't like Triple H. When you see those clips, are going, "You dead son of a bitch!" <laughs> and just below that is someone wearing white socks and oh, black yes, shoes. Yes. Third is third is someone not liking his barbecue sauce. Yeah. No, third is Vince uh, making jokes about him on air. Third, fourth is someone not liking his barbecue sauce, and fourth is people not selling, which he'll point out even even though he worked. Even when he's in a match, he's commentating nowadays. So he'll just he'll just fucking comment on something that went wrong. Like, You're not supposed to draw attention to that nowadays, Jim. <laughs> anyway, the authorities see come in. Val, they're like, "You people seem to be under a misunderstanding. I was not brainwashed. Oh, I was so focused on my own goals and aspirations, things I had to. I thought I had to do to put tiles around my way and get your approval. I was blind to the." Moral injustices that were happening around me. Uh, I met Steve Richards. They asked me two questions. One, were the things I was doing, you know, really benefiting me? And two, was I making the world a better place? <laughs> and the answer to both those questions is no. Now, selective censorship is not wrong. But turning your back on the things that are wrong around here, that is wrong. <laughs> and we, and basically, it reinforces the message, we will... You know, censor, we all makes this place right by any means necessary. And then, so then that leads to the match here. RTC, including Oval against Tukul and Rikishi, who come out with the Godfathers ladies yeah. again. Or his former ladies. Scotty gets isolated for a little bit. Val Venus, you know, takes a stink face for his... For I his must say, the ending of this match is strange, but, mm-hmm. you know... It's fairly quick. If you, uh, no, no, Val doesn't get the race. I'm, my notes are all running together. Yeah, but Val gets sat all in though at one point because he tries to send it a flip. Like you don't do that on someone because she's side. He's because like that ah, sits on him. Yeah. Uh, and then Seymour just tries to get involved, and I was I was thinking like it seemed like the classic double. He's gonna think he's getting reason, but someone's gonna get RTC or was gonna attack yeah. him. But no, he actually does get sent which It's a crowd appreciate, and then. That strikes, I believe it's the referee in this match. And he 
he tries to get his merchants out. Which then leads to Eddie Guerrero coming yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. And spraying Mace in the face of... Mace in the face. In the face of Rikishi. Yeah, and then apparent. kind of pummeling him, beating him off stairs and shit, mm-hmm. and then beating him some more, and I'm like, what the fuck? And Scott Dolly tries to grab him, and he fucking knocks him back, and then Valvinus grabs him. Very wicked looking blue thunder bomb. Yeah. By uh, by Valvinus on him, and the white RTC get the win there. I had a random thought here, it's stupid, but. Go on. Jericho call, calls out Shul, so he's Jericho, the pot of thunder and everything, the pot of thunder and rock and roll. And I thought myself, well, Jericho was trying to think of new finishers a couple of years ago, then that's why he didn't have a back elbow move. And at one point, I randomly thought, oh, that's cool, variations to the, the blue thunder bomb. I thought, why didn't Chris Jericho ever use that and call it the bomb of thunder? <laughs> we very cool. See, people should be paying me for these fucking ideas. I've got gold here, gold. We should, we should. Well, yeah, even though China saved Rikishi, the fact that Rikishi even thought about doing a stink face, you know, on, on Eddie on Raw clearly is enough for him to attack Rikishi. And this is going to lead to, I should basically mention now, because we'll probably make it official by next week, it's going to be Rikishi versus Eddie for the IC title at Unforgiven. Yeah. Well, from what I remember, the, the video package for that match really focuses more on the China-Eddie relationship, so mm. I did to see the actual feud bit, the actual bit that kicks this match off. And Eddie, and Godfather's former holds are there, they're yelling at Eddie Guerrero for what he's doing to Rikishi. And Eddie yells at them. I don't know if it happens next week or if it happens after I'm forgiven, but, you know, believe it or not, Godfather's holds actually play a part in the uh, the dissolution of the relationship between Eddie and China. Yeah. More, on, more on that when we get to it. Yeah, the RTC have a new member and uh, Val- yeah, the RTC have a new member in Valvius. They got a dominant win here after interference with Eddie Guerrero. Yeah. And yeah, this is like, there's only one more person who will join the RTC after that and then they'll they'll live to their final form. <laughs> their final form. Would that person who ends up joining them, does that person, if I'm correct, become an ipso facto leader or co-leader of the group? I think I think they do, yeah. Yeah, I thought so. Mm-hmm. Well, I think other than Steven, this person gets like the most mic time. Yeah, well, this person was good on the mic, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, nothing against Val or or Goodfellow because they get their fair share of time and like the rare the rare times they get bullet, he more than all actually more delivers more than some people would guess. But oh well, yeah, Bill was pretty good on the mic when you gave him a chance. I think Richards and this person, I think, are the better members. Of, well, we'll just say it's Ivory. Ivory's getting people. Yeah, it's good. It's Ivory. Yeah. Well, it's like not like people don't know. Yeah, people know. I mean, I mentioned the thing with China. The main thing is about her and China because that then blows off to her and China and a program for the women's title. Yeah, but uh, which would lead to China's final WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Which also, uh, China, sorry, Ivory was on Raw as briefly shown in an RCS Maximum Cola Rewind or the WF Rewind of the Week <laughs> or whatever. Because remember, it's not just cola; it's power cola. RC power cola. Mm-hmm. Basically, it just showed that Ivory fought uh, Lita on Raw for the women's title, and Lita won with a insult. Only one of the legs connected with, and it looked like it went right across the fucking chest of Ivory, Oof. which must have sucked it. And I'm wondering if that's the moment you see these bloody women with their thongs hanging out, hitting dangerous insults. I'll join Stephen Richards. Because, <laughs> like, they were talking about fighting a good fight in Valproma. We'll fight a good fight against vulgarity, against inappropriate content, and we will fight a good fight. Against scantily clad women. Mm. I decided to fight this fight against women. We're actually going to need a woman to do some fighting. Otherwise, we look like arseholes for beating up women. 
Yeah. <laughs> Unless they're Shayla, because Shayla doesn't care about getting in the ring with men. No. The dog there doesn't agree with that. No, apparently at all. But during that match, I think it was at the start of that match, they were doing this wee advert, like, oh, Penta, I was brought to you by, first they said RCH, then it said Sega, but they also mentioned Stacker too, so I worried about yeah. RCH. I'm not, I, Sega's got too much history and is mostly too well known to do a thing on that. I do it on stuff that people don't know a lot about. So now it's time for the unnamed segment of its sponsors of the week. <laughs> Let's talk about Stacker 2, shall we? The greatest fat burner at the time. Mm-hmm. World's strongest fat burner. World's strongest fat burner, that was that, yeah. It's the Mark Henry of fat burners. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah. Decker 2 was an... That's, en- a hell of a, that's a hell of a level to stand up to. Decker 2 is an energy supplement part of a line developed by NVE Pharmaceuticals back in 1997. Stacker uh, part got the name from a practice called stacking, which is what bodybuilders routinely engaged in when they would stack and ingest Iperdurin HCL. I'm not a doctor and I don't play one on TV. Caffeine and aspirin, you combine these easily elements to help give them more energy for their workouts. Wow. And it says it even says here, like like this this and like RCH and one or two other things that I've looked up from around the same are mainly talked about because they got fucking I mean like, one of them first lines is the fact that they were advertising the WF because they got that little about them. Yeah. And it even says here Again, popularity in the early 2000s, using WWE wrestlers, NASCAR drivers, and other celebrities in their advertisements. Mm. In 2005, NVE Pharmaceuticals filed for chapter 11 bankruptcy under <laughs> pressure lawsuits. In 2006, Stacker 2, so Stacker 2 was kept, has become almost a separate company, was under the AV line, but I even seen some outtakes advertising Stacker 2 and promoting as how, it's, how great it is and all that, so still some dodgy websites selling these supplements, yeah. even though the second thing that you take that comes up on the suggestion bar when you type in Sacker 2 is Sacker 2 Band. <coughs> it's not, but it's not uncommon for certain websites to promote supplements that may or may not be definitely not very good for you. I mean, assume like certain, certain wrestlers were in advertisements for this stuff. Yeah, pretty sure. I think they were. I think like, some of the bigger wrestlers, like, I think Triple H may have done that, or maybe it was another supplement that they were promoting on the same, during the same time. But maybe Triple H may have appeared in the advert, but I think it also means the fact that the were advertised on WWF programming as well. Yeah. In 2006, Stacker 2 released the 6-hour the six hour Power Energy Shot. In 2010, it was the second best-selling energy drink behind 5-hour energy. Hmm. In 2016, it lost a $22 million lawsuit against the plaintiff, 5-hour energy, accusing Stacker 2 of infringement on his trademark. <laughs> well, they got 5-hour energy, we have 6-hour energy. Hmm. And talking about all that... Uh, Energy and how it gives them energy for workout and mixing caffeine in there. Each serving, which is one capsule, of Sacker 2 contains 200 milligrams of caffeine. Which is... A I lot. Don't, a lot. It's probably not... I don't even think most fizzy drink cans, like the smaller ones at least, don't have that much caffeine in them. I don't believe so, no. I'm not a scientist, obviously. Also, also find a thing, you talk about side effects of... Which was from a website promoting Stacker 2. And this was, I'm sure this was one of the websites I was promoting it in, in a good way. Yeah. But here's the thing about side effects. Exceedingly recommended serving may cause serious adver- adverse health effects, including embold, heart attack, and stroke. Discontinued use or call. That's right, right off. Heart attack and stroke. Discontinued use or call a physician and least some qualified healthcare professional immediately if you experience rapid heartbeat, dizziness, several headaches, shortness of breath, or similar symptoms. 
Maybe just don't fucking take it, lads. Yeah, it doesn't. It really doesn't sound too much of a positive thing no. to take. Yeah. So that is stacker two. Definitely not very healthy fat burner, which bodybuilders and people like that would use to stack on top of other things they're taking to get more caffeine, take, so, they could, so they could be more energized during yeah, their workout. Take less heart attack, heart attack inducing shit. It'll make you be like a wrestler. Honest. Go on. Well, really, they, but more so, they were just promoting as, oh, it's burns fat. And more from that, when you say this thing burns fat, people think, oh, this will help me. Not realizing that when you take stuff, a supplement, even the ones that do work, you need to do a certain amount of exercise on top of that because they help use up a certain amount of energy and burn calories and everything. But oh, some there's people. There's a certain amount of research as well before you invest in any of these things. Yeah, yeah, definitely know where, what you're getting into with yeah. these kind of things. Or even, like I said, like I said, it's a consult physicians or somebody. There's a pharmacist who might know about supplements that are actually beneficial to the human body. Yeah, I mean, neither myself nor Scott are anyway and our fitness freaks far from it, in fact. Scott is a walking man, <laughs> yeah. the best. I, I like my walks, yeah, my Scott, long walks. Scott is fitness for his walking, and I enjoy my walking, but I think that's our limit. We do walks. I mean, I've got, I've not got, I mean, I've not got things, but I've got a little bit of a gut here. My, my Too upper, much cider, man. My upper body muscles are not the biggest. But I have thighs like fucking thunder from all that walking, I tell you. I wear a pair of shorts, oh, you bear. Heads, <laughs> some heads do turn. Some heads do turn, and oh, they and they thighs. And then quickly turn away again. <laughs> I got, actually, I, You're being harsh on yourself now, boy. I've got a challenge coming up, potentially, for charity, and I'm thinking of taking part in which I probably will do, but I won't have to wait here until I've actually agreed to do it. Which involves a shitload more walking than anything I've done before. At the end of this, I'm thinking I'm going to have thighs like fucking like buddy, big Papa Pump's arms. Yeah. Walking is awesome, though. It is. It really is. Take your headphones in, just go, tune everything out. Just go where your legs take you. Yeah. You know? What's well, how, how walking works, yeah. Well, mm, <laughs> I, was, I was trying to be all philosophical and shit there, man. Jeez. But, like, people who sell to supplements are very. People who are usually very charismatic and easy to sell you on the bullshit behind it. More oh, than yeah, it. yeah. I don't know if someone who we both like Beard from Beard Meets Food, one of his early episodes, was talking about dieting and nutrition and everything, and he does talk a lot about some of the bullshit science behind this kind of thing. Yeah. He doesn't mention too, but I think similar thing brands similar to it. So if you want more information about what maybe to do, go listen to Beard Meat Food. Yeah, he's cool. Yeah. He's well cool. Cooler than Randy, I'm afraid to say. I like Randy. I like Randy Santel. He's killing all we ain't beers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's weird. This is a product. Also, like I said, it's one of those things. Like people think you need to take that and you'll lose burn fat. Not really. You have to put in some physical effort as well. And also, they sort of brief clip from a random advert uh, of a guy dancing, a fat guy dancing while this fat woman was washing his car. Yeah. And, Getting them to come have look like I, I need to need, know why that has to do with fat burning. Probably Stacker 2, though. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about, Stacker 2 here. Yeah, I've seen that one, the little fat guy in the red shirt. There was also a clip from an advert, I think they show on SmackDown, where it's China in the gym showing up everybody and it's for Stacker 2. Like, so China, at least we know China was in an advert for it. Yeah. But yeah, on a Trister, it's basically trying you know hype up TNA, like a beat up Triple H, and they're yeah. uh, like, yeah, Peter Trevelyan and Albert goes to death. The guy who took your own, like, nah. The guy who took got my leftovers. <laughs> no, I know my first note about this match, uh, the TNA match against uh, Albert against uh, Triple H and Angle. Yeah, I'm too distracted by Tess red pants. 
you wear these like usual kind of trousers, but they're just bright red. You know, I'm like, is this a new thing you're trying to test? Yeah, like stopping now. Uh, I'll be honest, well, I didn't notice. I, I'm not used to seeing him in his long black. Yeah. You know, like it didn't register. Like he yeah. wasn't. You know, I just uh-huh. thought, well, it's test. He's wearing his long black. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is like it's a very it's a very red ensemble you're going for here, test. Yeah. But uh, Triple H is there, he lets Angle start and he just laughs at Angle getting beat up. Yeah. Uh, they're very forceful in how they're tagged because Angle quickly tags out Triple H and then Triple H kind of just like, jumps on the cross. It's like, there you go, that's a tag. I thought maybe being physical, I'm just tagging you in. And then there are several points where Angle tries to dare Triple H going, go on, hit me, hit me, you'll not get your rats, go on, hit me. Mm. And Steph comes out with some bruises inside of her face as well. Yeah, looking all, looking all annoyed. <laughs> Because, like, te- like uh, Trish is trying to get involved earlier on. And then, she- so then, Stephanie goes and grabs Tess Leg when he's sitting up for a bit in the corner. Then Trish grabs fucking Stephanie and just throws her down. Yeah. Angle tries to get in her face. And then, uh, there's another point where Angle's on the apron. like, oh, go on, hit me, hit me. And that distracts Triple H enough for Tess to sneak up behind him. Full Nelson slam. And a phrase I never thought I'd say on this program. Tess pin Triple H. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, finally, Tess, you got your redemption. That's worth not missing out on all those WWF title shots and marrying the boss daughter and all the power and the money. <laughs> ah, Tess. Ah, Triple H is going to go on by going to multiple more world series. What are you doing in the next month or so, Tess? Oh, you're going to be in a hardcore title match, are you? You're going to be up by Steve Blackman, are you? Because wow. There's going to be a big like, six-way match with a hardcore title. I figured they haven't made it official yet, I just know. I just remember Tess being involved along with one or two other people. Well, I know I'm probably going to want to know the result of that one. Mm. Well, not know it, but I yeah. hope it's good. Mm-hmm. You know. So yeah, Tess actually beat really, it's just made me think, oh, maybe the Dudleys will win later on, because like, of all the teams I thought didn't have a chance, at least the many chance, I thought TNA probably just not going to lose to TNA. But he did, but and, he did. He, and he was pinned by Tess. Which is weird, because... Like, maybe they thought I had to get test something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, well, give him a pin on, give him a Triple H win, get, let him get a pin on Triple H. Because, like, yeah, the match we had in Triple H on last week's Raw, and then there's had Nick match on last week's match, where Triple H didn't act like he was in danger at any point. Yeah. And now, basically, further on that point, in, like, ah, oh, you beat me. That's because I was trying to buy that little dickhead because I want to beat him up. Yeah. Yeah, it's good for a test. At least you get something. Like, I feel like that woman at the start of Life of Bride. Oh, that's good. He's getting something. He's out of the time. <laughs> oh, totally. Listen, I'll test. Apparently, he's going to inherit the earth. <laughs> <laughs> there comes Edge and Christian, who meant that they did not uh, run in Stone Cold. They suck it to it at the highest level. What? No, I. That's Hainosity. Yeah, Hainosity. Hainosity yeah. at the highest level. <laughs> also, Get it right, man. Hainosity. Hainosity. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not in tune to the edge of Christian Link. You as you are. Also, they inadvertently got the, made the Hardy Boys number one contenders because they were trying to do a run-in on their, the number one contenders match between the Dudleys and the Hardys. And they, they push, he pushed his mat off the apron to his edge. But that knocks him into Bubba and basically lands him to fall him enough for the, trip, for the ref to get into cover. Yeah. And then the Dudleys were angry and beat up Edge and Christian after the match, like, you fucking dickheads. Yeah. Not in those words, but I'm sure they were thinking it. Yeah. They're like, if we had a time machine, we'd have to go back in time and stop Austin from being run over. Well, actually, Edge, 
we do have a time machine. And we decided to look ahead in the future before this big match and don't forget. And we want to bring out the Hardy Boys from the future. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, from the year 2050, the Hardy Boys. And there comes these old men yeah. dressed up as Matt and Jeff Hardy. And then the old Leah. Hey. Oh. I'm not even entirely sure if that was an old woman or if it was just a man in drag. I went back and forth during the whole segment. No, I'm pretty sure it was an old woman. Well, life really hurt her. Yeah. Which the bit, I don't usually like, you know, all our comments, basically, at least to women. But when Leah, this old Leah comes out, I did laugh at this one line. It was, it was like Leah's body was finally reduced to gravity. Oh. And then you're like, yeah. What do you, what do you guys think? Like, what do you guys have to say for yourselves? Yeah, man. <laughs> What? Uh, I'm too extreme. What do you say, man? I'm cold and tired. <laughs> hey, Leah. What do you guys say for yourself? I like prunes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all know Leah will do a hearty for anything. I mean, she'll do anything for a hearty. <laughs> and then it comes Mick Foley. Like, well, I had no idea that you guys had access to a time machine. <laughs> but if you really did... You would, these future versions of Matt and Jeff would be able to tell you about the time they took you on at Unforgiven and a inside the confines of a 15-foot-high steel cage. <laughs> and they're like, no! But now, let's meet the man Jeff Hardy and the leader of the presence. And they come out and beat up Agent Christian, give them like a triple suplex at one point. Well, Matt and Jeff do, but I don't remember seeing one. No, oh, wait, she did turn up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She <laughs> so... There we go. We got a steel cage match. We got a fatal four way match. We're gonna have a hardcore tail match eventually. Yeah. There's gonna be a gimmick match added to uh, the Taz Lawler match at Unforgiven, which is a strap match. So all the bells and whistles being thrown at this Unforgiven. Yeah. Ah, speaking of hardcore, out comes the Lethal Weapon Steve Blackman, a regular highlight of these shows. Yes. Taking on Perry Saffron, who decided ah. Well, nobody seems to care about the European title anymore because they didn't bother to care that Eddie Guerrero was champion. He's like, literally, when Eddie won the IC title, when Eddie's finally won gold in the WWF, <laughs> he was European champion for three months. Yeah. Three fucking months. <laughs> and so Terry, so Perry comes out with Terry. He puts the terms to something like he can give his Perry and Terry. Yeah. So Aaron tries very early on to dive on the outside, which causes Steve Allen just to lift the bin lid up and smack him right in yeah. his little face. Yeah. And then he gets out his martial arts sticks. Oh, we've heard the martial arts sticks. I call it because they basically call them martial arts sticks, and I don't know what they're actually called, so there are martial arts sticks, damn it. Yeah, so that's what they are. J- Terry jumps on his back, allows Perry to take control. Uh, he throws him in the crowd. Earlier on, Taz had went to to McFoley, basically saying he wanted out his contract. To, uh, McFoley's pissed around, like, listen, I'll give you a match. One on one with Daryl Lawler, I'm forgiven. I'll make sure he doesn't screw you. I have any more matches before them. Because I'm basically a no contact clause between them. He can't hit you, you can't touch him. Alright, that's fine. Alright. And then and he says the uh, laugh at Foley jokes when Foley puts his well in the mask down and goes, Hey Taz, I am your father. Uh-huh. <laughs> but no touch, no contact. You better not screw me. <laughs> so then Taz, as this match is starting, say, moves a fan out of the booth behind Michael Cole and Jerry. Hey, buddy, move. You're my seat. Move. He's sitting there with his popcorn. Hey, hey, Lola. Hey, I'm good. I'll let's see. Have some popcorn. 
he just starts throwing popcorn at Lawler and yeah. Darth Hegelum laughing out loud. <laughs> well, Head to them. Oh, shoot. And then like, there's a bit where one of the guys hits it with a belly. Oh, what a Danny, bro. This is a slobbernock, ain't it, King? What a slobbernock. Yeah, so the brawl of the crowd do Saturn and and Perry. I get I got distracted from this point onwards because of of Taz here, so I didn't yeah. really do too much here. <laughs> then we get the classic Saturn decides I'm going to just jump with this bin close to my chest and hope for the best. And uh yeah. Saturn, <laughs> the Blackman kicks into his chest and then pins him for the win. Yeah. Eventually after the break, bloody your Lola gets Taz ejected by security from Oh, is he ringside? He, he, he does have a, like, thug like board, so he throws at them before he was like, Give me back my son, give me back. I'll see you in Unforgiven, Lola. <laughs> Undertaker's backstage, spitting out his fucking chain tobacco right on the floor, like, <laughs> dirty bastard. <laughs> Clatty, that's what I'm looking for. Clatty bastard. Aye. Undertaker, you know, seems like there's doing some mounting issues between you and the Rocky. You guys got to be able to get along. Undertaker spits out on it as. His buddy Kevin Kill is disgusted at that, as rightfully he should. Mm. Like, me, me and Rocky, you know, it's no secret me and Rocky, we are friends. Hell, we don't even like each other. That doesn't mean I'm going to attack him from behind. I can work with the Rock, as long as he don't do nothing to piss me off. Mm. And then we get a integration back out again. This time they're chilling, chilling with the most popular man in the WWF, X-Pac. Mm. Against Chris Jericho and the Hardy Boys, which we get a replay not only the bit we already saw with the bloody old hardies, yeah. but we got the recap of the vicious attack with the nunchucks from Monday Night Raw. Yeah, and the stamps on the head and yes. all. And Miguel keeps talking about it. Well, I don't even know what's going on in him since his breakup with the road dog. He's out of control. Now he's going to shove him after Triple H, one of his oldest friends, King. <laughs> and then... I wonder why. <laughs> and I don't know why they did this. Like... Well, you don't think he's got reason to be pissed off at Triple H? Yeah. Well, yeah. He, was like, he did kind of forget about him for once the whole thing with Stephanie really took off. Yeah. Mm. Well, plus originally turning on him yeah. in favour of Shane as well. Oh, yeah, there was that as well. No one remembers Mania 15. That's because Mania 15 was mostly shit. Mostly, but it had that and it had the, the match between Undertaker and Bossman. That's not really a positive, is it? That was a good match. That's your opinion. <laughs> uh, just all good media matches end with uh, a murder at the end of it. Yes. <laughs> My weird keyfabe conspiracy theory, and I'll, keep, I'll talk about it to the day I stop watching or I die, is that the reason Big Boss Man becomes such a heinous character in the late 90, like Billy and the Big Show over his dead dad and the whole Pepper incident that killed a poor doll, is because he did die in keyfabe that night. And then some sort of evil demon possessed his body, and then the demon is control inside the vessel of Big Boss Man, committing all these heinous acts. Ah, so it's but, the Undertaker's fault. Yes, some sort of demon from the dark side and all that satanic shit. Fair enough. But anyway, the Fees are all angry at the heels because they jumped them from behind during the entrance. Uh, Xbox and Jericho were on the outside for a little bit. There's a point where Matt hits a light drop on Christian but says, not to pin no, I'm going to punch you a bit more. Yeah. <laughs> Making fun of me when I'm not old yet. <laughs> Xbox, uh, get, they then take control when, uh, over Matt and then Xbox runs, does a wee slipper and does a wee jog in the ring, jogs around past uh, 
Jeff and Jericho suck yeah. it, suck it, spin round. Rob Corbett's the hurt. There's wee jog around the ring. Yeah. Uh, several of Jeff's moves get named for the first time in this match. I know, right? And there you get the whisper in the wind, which JLR makes Matt go, really, what? The whisper in the wind? And then they hit, they hit poetry in motion. I think it's the first time it's been called poetry in motion. Yeah. And uh, the law goes, these guys got a dumb name for everything. <laughs> well, there's the twist of fate by Matt Hardy. I think it had been named for, and then Jeff hits the swan time. But yeah, I think this is the thing where Michael Cole, every so often he'll give you a name, the actual move. And Gerald acts shocked, or I think like it's like something to be mocked to Michael, like you, the commentator on the wrestling show, telling <laughs> the name of the wrestler's face, move that he gives the move, which. No? Yeah. But they forget that, oh, wait a minute, he's not the legal man, he's, uh, he's old Christian. Uh, and so Edge pulls Matt outside as Xbox sneaks in. X Factor. X Factor. One, two, three. Not, not only did the heels win, but the most hated of the three heels is the one who pins the most popular of the faces. And he won clean, too. Yeah. So then he quickly runs away, away, does Xbox <laughs> way, sees Jericho trying to get into the ring. Yeah. He is ready to show up, man. Shut up. I know one, actually. But, uh, Jericho's like, nope, I'm afraid I'll have to kill you. <laughs> then we get these weird Vox plots where these people are talking about the Smackdown Challenge. You think Al Gore and George Bush. Ah, yeah, what the fuck? They you never actually Smack- ended up doing it, I don't think. No, no, they didn't. Like, I think, you know, it's a great attitude. Us young voters, our voices aren't being heard. You know, we're not, we're, you know, a lot of us watch the matter. Thank you, man. We should. They can talk to the issues that married us. And like they keep talking about, oh, we've registered 60,000 new votes in this non-partisan campaign. And most people I hear talk, talk about this, because not many people talk about this campaign that WF did. But most people I did really scoff at the non-partisan part of it, given Vince and Linda's particularly, you know, Republican yeah. history. And also, the fact that on Raw, out of the vote, what they did, with people looking even more gormous than the ones on SmackDown, there was one woman who talked about the young voters, Happened to drop out and they kept this in. You know, I work with a young Republican group of Phoenix. <laughs> so, like, ah, oh, sneaking that in. No mention of Democrats anywhere. No talk of where fucking Vince's allegiances lie. Not Maybe totally. I'm reading too much into that, but you know. And then, oh, you know, they agree to come, you know, well, here's a mature will moderate that and everything. I don't, think, I don't think they ever thought that this was going to happen. They just wanted to be seen to, you know, be engaging with the election and inviting them on because they've got. Can, um, can you imagine if we actually got them to agree to it, though? Like, it was a win-win and they're like, oh, we invited them, but they didn't show up. They're too worried to come on our show. They don't want to face the young people that are watching this show. I mean, mean the mostly guys in their twi- late 20s and 30s shouting, hey, tits. Yeah. Boo. They chant for women taking their clothes off. But Stephanie kisses someone, even though she didn't mean to, because she was partly unconscious, and they chant slut at her. Yeah. So the, a lot of the men who watch the WF, their priorities towards women are very... Askew. Askew, yeah, that's the best way to put it. But yeah, but then if they did show up, then it's even more publicity for them, so it was a win-win in their eyes either way. But yeah, mm. of course Al Gore and George Bush went, no, I'm not fucking going on SmackDown. Yeah, it was like, no way in fuck they were going to go. Even at this peak, if they can't, they can't get them on, fucking, like, I'm trying to figure out how you take convince all these people to vote for me to run the country. Yeah. Well, it's... Then we get the main event of the... Oh, actually, no, we got an interview with Lillian Garcia get with The Rock. Oh, yeah, yeah, we do, we do. Like, yeah, the he Rock... He asks her if she likes pie. Yeah, he's like, well, it's no secret, The Rock is a marked man. Rock can't trust The Undertaker, he can't trust Kane, can't trust Chris Benoit, can't cross this goop on the camera. 
can't trust this woman over here, eyeball on the rock. <laughs> Linda, let me ask you a question. Lillian, let me ask you a question. Do you like pie? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, that's what I thought. Hey, pie, I believe, is a rock metaphor for female lady parts. Yeah. Female private parts. It's by asking if Lillian, a woman that likes pie, is he trying to imply that he, he says, I, that's what I thought, is he trying to imply that he assumed that, that Lillian was some sort of lesbian? Maybe. I don't know why I said some sort of before <laughs> I said, let's find that, like, oh yes, everybody knows there's several types of lesbian. Oh yeah, totally, totally. I, I'm well, I, no, I'm not even going to continue that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, I'm not even going to. No, you best not to. No. Well, one, because some of the things I was thinking of, well, they weren't just, weren't funny anyway, so it wasn't worth it. Ah. It was a very, it was very childish and not the funniest thing. But yeah, now we get the Dudley boys taking on Undertaker and The Rock. Mm. And for the most part, The Rock and Undertaker do actually work together as a team. But then there's a point where Bubba Ray looks at The Rock and you don't gotta worry about me, you gotta worry about him. And Eric starts walking along the fucking apron like, I think he was said by him and something like, oh, you ball, I'm gonna get you ball. <laughs> That's what Undertaker says to me at this point. And then there's there's a point where they're sitting at tables where they they're helping avoid each other each other's partner avoid like there's a point where there's a table set up in the corner, Rock goes Irish whip and Devon and Bowen just tries and the other basically shoulder blocks yeah. him anyway to make sure he doesn't go through the table. Save his Save this boy. Save this boy from going through the table. And then there's a, a point where, you know, that classic oh miscommunication <laughs> like the rock gets knocked in the antiker, antiker kind of looks behind and they're like, Did you did you knock in on me, boy? Yeah, and he's tends to take an attack. Did the Undertaker always sound like Hank Hill in this period? Why is every time I try to do like someone like him or or also you say I sound like Hank Hill? Does every Southernish sounding man sound like Hank Hill to you? Well, would you do it? Yeah, I don't think he sounds like Hank Hill <laughs> in my head. <laughs> he sounds like a Southern ball. <laughs> uh, no, no, fuck on Leghorn. Oh yeah, he's more like fuck on Well, I say, I say, I'm I ride on my motorbike. <laughs> <laughs> he's somewhere with he's like, he's Foghorn Hill. <laughs> there you go. That's how he's like a really big tall hill. He likes to drive his motorbike. Then I ride my back up Foghorn Hill. Oh, he's he's Hank Leghorn then. I tell him you've done it now. You've gone and made a big mistake. <laughs> Pissed off the Undertaker. <laughs> I thought it was unusual for Undertaker in this match because he sold, uh, which he hasn't done since he came back. But also, he took the fall. He got he's the one who, his rock got knocked to the outside. The rock, I think he seen to be fending off the the Dudleys. Yeah. He went. He briefly got to try to try and get the rock to come back in the ring. He turns around into a three D through the table. So the Dudleys wins all three tag teams yeah. that got up against the Unforgiven competitors all won, which was good for the tag division. And you had, and Undertaker took a loss. Which I imagine went something like, Untaker, we need you to lose here, because Canada Rock lose, he's the champion. I ain't, I ain't losing to nobody. You don't have to be a penny, just getting put through a table. And you can put someone through a table immediately afterwards. Ah, fuck it, go on then. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, Untaker for the last couple of months, he's a bit of... But look, we look at Untaker's pay-per-view record recently. And I'm actually, he didn't have to be... He's on the winning team technically, but he didn't get the prize, but he wasn't pinned either. Basically, it's almost squashed Kurt Angle a month after he won King of the Ring. Yeah. Patrick Kane was thrown together and went to a no contest. I don't think he's he'd, he'll take the fall in this unforgiving four-way. No. So Tigger is really getting out of being pinned on pay-per-view, especially. Yeah. It's as if we're protecting him. Mm-hmm. 
protecting him. They're burying the fact that he's out of shape, but, you know. Well, yeah, there is that. That's glaringly obvious. But then when Drew gets pops back up, it's, I believe, one of the Dudleys through a table, and I think he does attack the Rock as well, because, you know, wow, well, the match is over now. Yeah. And then Rock is basically thinking about the undert- what the Undertaker's done to him as the Undertaker jumps, rides off his motorbike into the sunset. <laughs> yeah. We, we drive up. Where you drive up Falkhorn Hill. <laughs> Is that going to be a thing now? Am I going to be tarnished with that forever? Well, it's not tarnished with it, but I think it's funny. It is funny. Mm-hmm. It is. That was my intent all along. <laughs> yeah, that is Smackdown. Really fun, as I thought. I mean, you get around the fact that there was all these like, oh, it's not your Torrens, your Torrens. Did you know matches your Torrens are deep for each other? There's no match, unforgiven. Yeah, yeah. It was a little strange, and I'm, but I will say the, the matches and the card of the show I actually quite enjoyed. Yeah. You know. So, I enjoy all the intrigue, like, it's probably more so nowadays, knowing what I know about the whole, mm-hmm. I did it for the rock, mm-hmm. can carry on, you know. Yeah. And all wrestling fans of a certain age will know how, that, how successful mm-hmm. and fantastically great that heel turn was for Rikishi. Mm-hmm. Like, lasted barely a month, I think. I think it, what was it, one pay-per-view? Well, the thing with him and Austin last time, same as a heel would run all the way up until, like, he last appearance at pay-per-view for a while would be at No Way Out the following year. At was that was six, man? No, no, he wasn't. No, that was Armageddon. He, he did a run-in, because he and Haku were may have a time match with the Brothers of Destruction at Maniac 7. Yeah. Then Rikishi got injured, missed the whole invasion. Like the week before Vengeance and all when he comes back, and he's like, Oh, look, it's a happy smiling Rikishi. Look, he's got Vince a stink face. Don't forget about the fact he tried to murder someone. Yeah. Like, you saw him get when he came out at the at number one at the 2002 Rumble, he got a big pop there. Yeah, he did. And then he would go to SmackDown as kind of a baby faced character. And he would stay a face for the rest of his, uh, of his run there. But I'd say, so injury probably. Was a factor in the fact that his push died as well. Yeah, it kind of killed the push, but I think it's weird because they teased him as a face, like challenging him. He did get a couple of title shots on TV against Triple H. Yeah. And like, he was treated like a big deal, like they were going to sell it, but then when they finally gave him his push towards the title, all he'd be in the title picture with the main eventer and everything. Yeah. They decided to do it as a heel, maybe because he's a big Samoan guy, like, so like, this big guy, like, you can't. You can't have him selling as a face and everything, you know, he does that great inside-out bump. You need to have him as a dominant heel, like evil guy who plans to run people over. Well, he didn't plan it, we'd learn there was someone else involved, but... Yeah. I'm getting too far ahead of the whole mystery. <laughs> Don't want to spoil the journey, it's about the journey, not the destination. Little intrigue for people, man, yeah. little intrigue, yeah. you so, know. Like I said, it's journey, not the destination, because <laughs> in this case, the destination is shit. <laughs> that's, why you, that's, why you, that's why people say that. People try to remember how good the journey was, the things they enjoyed about the journey, to, to cover the fact that they were disappointed when they got to the place they were going. It's all about the destination. No one wanted to go to. Yeah. But he did it for the rock. <laughs> oh, but uh, that has been fine. And also, other, what would your thumb be for this show, Paul? And what, what would be the thing that you would recommend? I would, I would say I would give the show a solid thumbs up mm-hmm. myself. And recommend, I would probably recommend 
I'd probably recommend the TNA match, actually. I think the match itself is pretty good for wrestling quality. Mm. You know. Come for the and rest- I like the fact to see Test actually getting a pin on Triple H, so... Come come for the wrestling quality stay for Test spread pants. Yeah. <laughs> also, you can see the Hardys match, because that was yeah. kick-ass, you know. Yeah, that's that. I'd, I'd say I'd recommend maybe the Eddie segment just for comedy value, I think. Uh, um, oh, well, yeah. You got, you got the hardcore title thing. Maybe more as good as some of these other matches, but, you know, Perry, he can be in worse, in there with worse people than Perry Saturn. It's just, I, I think he could have been in there with someone a little bit more fluid. Mm. You know, Perry's a little, you know. Out there. Yeah, yeah, Perry's a little crazy. <laughs> I think I think it's basically what I was saying, but I I do maybe recommend either the Eddie thing or maybe I'd also recommend the uh, the TA match. I think it was the three guys I think I enjoyed that the most. Yeah, it was a good match, you know. And as I always say, especially Brian when we were watching it, I said to him, I always felt Albert was seriously mm-hmm. seriously underrated. Like we could have really gone somewhere with mm-hmm. Albert, man. He was a solid big dude. He was fast in ring. Powerful dude, you know, good dresser. We could have done a lot with him. I heard like, like uh, him himself, Matt Bloom did a lot of work in Japan as well. Yeah, yeah, giant Bernards. Yeah, but yeah, I think uh, I think maybe the other thing about that TNA one is because out of the three matches, I think it's like you said it's best for wrestling quality because like the first one is too short. Yeah, the last one really is all about rock and taker, and you you kind of think you know where it's going to go, but. Surprised to see Taker take the loss here by Gamp be the one being 3D to the table. Yeah. But, yeah, it kind of ends after the after post-match stuff is kind of what you expected it to be. So, I think, yeah, the most entertaining one is the, the TNA one. And like I said, I give it a thumbs up as well. Yeah. So, it's been not, not, been not a bad build so far on the road to I mean, the, fir- the first week after SummerSlam was a bit, yeah. Yeah. Just because they hadn't really started saying it until they were just kind of rehashing and stuff falling out of... Uh, Falling out of unforg of SummerSlam. Yeah. But next week, given that everything should be finalised and we're ready to go, with cards taking shape. I'm I'm hoping for a good uh, go home show, and then obviously we got unforgiven itself. All these matches that we've been talking about, but yeah. also the return of Stone Cold Steve Austin. It'll be something to see. It'll be cool. Mm-hmm. It'll definitely be cool. I'm but, looking forward to the Unforgiven. I've got to yeah. say, you know. I don't think I've ever seen Unforgiven all the way through. I know, but so I've seen the uh, the cage match, and I've seen the. Uh, four way battles, yeah, all the way I, through. Our match I've seen as well. Do you know? I don't know. I've seen this Unforgiven, so it'll be a new experience for me. Mm-hmm. So it'll be pretty cool. The Unforgiven logo is a weird shape. It looks like the kind of shit back tattoos you see mm-hmm. random people getting. Like I'm a big muscle guy in the gym with a big tattoo, yeah. the same shape as the bloody Unforgiven logo. <laughs> but then, like you see guys like brought is with back tattoos. Like you know why I tell them that they're back tattoos or here that let them give you say it's shit. Yeah. They will tear you apart. You don't say that to a man who has a fucking sword tattoos on his chest. I'll tell you what, Brock Lesnar doesn't need no stacker to. No, he no, he <laughs> doesn't need that. He hunts and, and butchers his own meat, that man. Yes, yes he does. So And he lives in the wilderness because people are not his forte. Mm-hmm. He likes his privacy and his hunting. Mm. Like Craig. <laughs> yes. I live in the woods. I put up signs. I'm the beast incarnate. What do I have to do to get a little privacy? Aye, let's put the size here. Aye. 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 I mean, 
he's done that with intimidating sound of voice. His voice is a bit more high pitched. For I've you. got to say, in regards to Brock Lesnar, though, mm-hmm. what in the name of shit is Cody Rhodes thinking? He's going to get mollocated. Yeah, he doesn't care if he gets mollocated. Like um, he's going to, but yeah. Rock's going to, Rock's going to eat him. Like he's got a very high pitched voice for his size of Brock. But anyway, if there was any way to make him less intimidating, dub him over with fucking Shrek. We fucking make Myers a strike. That'll make him listen into it. Make him take some helium. <laughs> and then have him cut a promo. He already sounds like he's fucking... fucking taking some helium. He would, I, I he don't would think he's got... Like, he's got his voice is not got much higher to go. It would sound like Judge Doom from Hugh Framed Roger Rabbit. I thought you I thought you were going to say you'd sound more like fucking Undertaker and Suburban Commando. <laughs> You're dead, Mr. Ramsey. <laughs> Jeez, no wonder you guys never talk. But... Then I'll come out around at the same time that he was feeding with Taker for the the tour, or at least the same year. I think so. Yeah, I think so. So he easily beat Taker in there, and then tried to beat him in there, and and when he couldn't beat him in there, the he went and bitched about it. Oh yeah, my neck. Fuck my off. neck would never even touch the fucking floor. Alright. When you know, cunt. Anyway, that's not where we're talking about. We're yeah. we're done with talking the bits back down. We're gonna ride off it up the hill like Undertaker. And we'll be back next week to talk about the go home, everything, final all bits you need to know before Unforgiven 2000. Now I'll be here to recap what happened at Fall Brawl 2000 for your enjoyment. Awesome. But that has been the Rogue Retro Smackdown review. Make sure you follow Rogue Opinions at Rogue and Scripping on Twitter and Instagram. Follow us on both of podcasts at Best Ramblings, you mean Paul's about all the things in the world of wrestling. You can hear it a couple of round posts also on the Rogue Opinions feed, so both our feed and the Rogue Opinions feed are on all good Android podcasting sites at uh, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, probably wherever you get your podcasts. We are there, just like rating or reviewing your platform. Right. Also, like me and Paul's Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash rambling podcast. On Scott Paul's Island podcast, we've got stuff about uh, Monty Python's Life of Brian. We've got <laughs> stuff about we're doing Phaser, we're doing some stuff we're doing with title belts. We've got our inclined to guess the page. With that, we've got some all much other stuff going on over there. Yeah. And mostly, Great at the back hell because Paul's been here since right about just before on uh, King of the Ring. Officially, he's a full time co host, so you yeah, got all I that know. back hell. Then you can take your episodes before that from other co hosts I've had. But if I speak for me and Paul, he's been here since just before King of the Ring. So this is your first time, so go back from there and onwards. Pretty, yeah. You'll pretty much catch up very quickly. Yeah, that has been the Rogue Smart interview. And from Paul, I have been Scott. And from Scott, I have been Paul. And we'll see you next time for the Go Home to Unforgiven. See ya.